We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Today's topic is masculinity. Not toxic masculinity, but biblical masculinity, and why it's important for men to reclaim the high ground of acting like men in our culture. That's today's show, and I've got a guest on today that's basically going to take you through the importance of this key component of a healthy culture and a healthy society. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. Today's topic, as I said in the introduction, is masculinity, fatherhood, patriarchal families, and why this is a good thing, not a bad thing. We hear so much of this garbage today about toxic masculinity. I've talked to you before about Black Lives Matter and how in their own mission statement, their charter, they call for the queering of the nuclear family and the dismantling of patriarchal structures. That's their language, not mine. Well, what are they talking about? They're talking about diminishing the family, specifically fatherhood. Fatherhood is a bad thing in their minds because it's toxic when men act like men, when men lead, when they're strong, when they're courageous, when they grow a spine, when they actually engage in the market square of ideas with courage and confidence. Those are bad things. We hear pejorative terms like mansplaining. Anytime a man speaks into the public square, engages in debate, especially if he's talking to anybody that's a female, he's disparaged for uh, mansplaining. And sometimes, yeah, I'll give it to you, sometimes you, you might have a guy that's being arrogant and he's being overbearing. But you call it what it is, arrogance and overbearing. You don't call it toxic masculinity because masculinity itself is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Strong fathers are a good thing. The reason we have the mess that we have right now in our culture, quite frankly, is because fathers are absent in the home. There's no discipline. There's no correction. There's a lack of a firm hand, and therefore boys grow up to be undisciplined, selfish, and out of control. And we're seeing the consequences of that on the daily news. Uh, I, I could go, we could spend a show, we could spend two or three shows talking about the consequences of this very bad thing, this bad idea of diminishing the role of fatherhood. Well, today's guest is Caleb Gordon. He's a pastor, but he's also the host of his own podcast. It's called the Northfield Podcast. And he has a very uh, clear and specific passion for this issue. And I haven't even talked to him about this particular part of what he might say today, but I'm guessing that he's passionate about this because he had a very good and strong father that taught him the importance of this. So he's modeling for his kids and for his culture what his father modeled before him. So let's take an early break because I want to give Caleb free reign to run with this show after we get back. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes.
1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. As I said, I have a guest today. So you're not going to hear much of me. You're probably applauding right now. You've heard too much of me over the last several weeks. But um, I do think you listen into the show because you share a passion for these ideas that matter. And probably one of the biggest ideas that matters in our culture right now is for fathers to act like fathers and for men to act like men. Well, what does that mean within the biblical context? Does that mean to be overbearing and to tell your wife she belongs barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen? No, that's not at all what strong fatherhood means. That's not at all what biblical masculinity means. And today's guest is Caleb Gordon, and he's going to help explain this to you. Very important show, and I want you to listen to this. So the first question I'm going to ask Caleb as we bring him onto the show is, Caleb, why is this topic so important to you personally? Well, Everett, thank you so much for having me on your, your program today, and, and, I, and I am thankful for your commitment to um, biblical Christianity, not cultural Christianity. I think that those are the they're, they're two different ideas, and, and I, I'm thankful for your commitment to that. And, and the question that you ask is, is, why is this important? Because the having a, a, a solid male, Christian male role model in your life is going to be the thing that determines um, what what direction you're going to go. I, I had a father who loved the Lord Jesus Christ, was committed to my mom, was committed to the church, and, and had an idea of of laying out First um, uh, Corinthians chapter 16, and, and this idea of being watchful, standing firm in the faith, and acting like men, and being strong. And those are all things that are, are horrific in our culture. If you say any of these things in, in terms of biblical Christianity, you're considered a a right-wing conspiracy theorist. And so I, that's why that uh, I, I believe that if we have strong, healthy, spiritually healthy men, they're going to impact the culture for positive or in a positive direction. 
Okay, I'm going to interrupt right now um, <laughs> for my audience. You're probably laughing. You're, you, you're saying to yourself, Piper, you said you'd let the guy talk, and I'm interrupting already. So I'm going to try, I'm going to, try to behave. But Caleb, I've got to ask you, why do you think our culture reacts so negatively right now when you even bring up the topic of strong men, male leadership, men acting like men, biblical manhood, um, strong father figures? Whenever you hear that stuff in our culture, today, it seems like the progressive left loses its ever-loving mind and they go ballistic. Why do you think that's the case? Well, I think the, the, the main reason is because the enemy hates God. That's the, that's the, that's the broad answer. But and why, are we, why are we being attacked like this? Because the enemy, the, the, the progressive left, there's always a battle behind the front battle that we see. The, the, the primary battle that's happening is not one that's physical. It's a spiritual battle. And, and, and the weapons of our warfare are not flesh and bone, but they're, they're, they're different realms. And it's, it's a spiritual realm. And, and the enemy wants to try to take us out. And he doesn't care how he takes us out as long as he takes us out. And the primary way he's doing that is the same assault that he's always had. It's the assault on the family. That's what he did in Genesis chapter 3. He did it to Adam and Eve, wanted to try to splice the family in Genesis 3. And, and he's doing the same exact thing by, by dis, trying to dismantle what God put in place. God created the family. The family is not a, a, a four-letter word. It's a beautiful creation that was made by God himself. And what we're doing is we're playing into the hands of the enemy completely. And so why, why do I think this is happening? Because Satan wants to destroy what God created. Okay, Caleb, so you're saying that Satan wants to destroy the nuclear family, which is exactly what BLM and Antifa and the progressive left have explicitly said in their mission statements and their charters. They're not even hiding it any longer. So I guess for the rest of the show, I'd like you to run with this uh, answer to this question. What can we do about it? We know what the battle lines are. The enemy has said explicitly they want to dismantle the nuclear family. They want to deconstruct the patriarchal structures of Western civilization. This is their language. So you've said that this is Satan's plan. This is the devil's plan. The way you can bring down a free society, the way you can destroy America or any other culture that enjoys any individual liberties, because you don't have individual liberty and freedom if you don't live within the fences of God. If you don't have personal discipline in your life, then you're going to have to have more laws imposed upon you by the government to get you to behave. And the way we have existed as a culture for at least 200 years, we've existed within the context of what John Adams said, and that is our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people and is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. You don't have a moral and religious people if you don't have fathers teaching their sons how to be moral. And they're not going to have a good moral core if they don't have religion, i.e. Christianity, as that core in their lives. Now, I know your dad bought into this completely, and he modeled that for you in your life. So let's go back to my question. You've identified the problem. The devil's trying to destroy the nuclear family. He's tearing down fatherhood, making it be, uh, appear to be negative rather than positive. What are we going to do about it? What are you telling us we should do about this? Well, I think what you're going to have to do is we have to get we have to move from being affiliated with Jesus and we need to be activated for Jesus. I didn't coin that phrase, but it's it's one that I'll 
I'll use because it's it's so true. And and the and the way we do that is we have to be engrafting the word of God into our hearts and our minds. And they have to be infused, like that, that that idea of being infused together, not just something we read, but the word of God has to be a part of our everyday life. And if we're not doing that, we're not going to be able to, to fight against that. And so the idea is, like I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, there's there's a there's a multifaceted idea in the text. When when Paul writes this, he says, the first thing he says is be watchful. Like this is the first thing we as men are supposed to do. And, and all of this is in context because it says act like men. So in context, this is about men. This is the idea of what men should be doing. Number one, be watchful. What is that idea? What's the idea? A watchman on, on the wall, take, making sure we've got um, a guard up. You, you wouldn't just leave your house wide open and just say, hey, anybody come into the house? And that's, that's the open border idea here, right? <laughs> so you wouldn't just leave your house wide open and say, hey, anybody can come in, can come in. No, you have locks on your door for a reason. You have a protection system up for a reason. The idea here is to be watchful. Stand stand against what's what could potentially destroy your family. And listen, Satan has got multiple instruments in the culture right this very minute, this very minute that are trying to to just dismantle and destroy every facet of the family. And if you if you take out men and, that, and here's how you do it primarily, take the man out of the equation. And if you look at any family who doesn't have a male role model in that family, it absolutely just guts the family. You know, uh, imprisonment goes up. Um, high school dropout rates go up. You know, all these things. Why? Because the man is not there present to be watchful and to be the protector. And you say, well, Caleb, uh, don't, don't, um, don't we need women? Absolutely. I, I didn't say we didn't need them. You need a father and a mother that, because that's how God created the entire thing to be. But ha, what's the thing that we need to do as men? Here's the answer. Number one is be watchful. And number two, what's the next thing in the text? Stand firm in the faith. That means you actually have to be engaged in the faith. You have to be a, you have to be a Christian. You have to be a follower of Christ. If you're not a follower of Christ, you, you can't stand firm for what you don't know. And so what do you need to be? You need to be saved. You need to be born again, as John chapter 3 says. And so the idea of standing firm in the faith, being engaged in praying with your children, praying with your wife, having Bible study, making sure you guys know. You don't just send your kid off to church. And, oh, I'm going to put you on the bus. One of the worst this is just this is my opinion. I know you you might giggle at the idea of an opinion. I agree. <laughs> Run with this. Sending your sending your kid off in a bus is the, one of the worst things you could do as a parent. And what we as the church have come alongside and and helped that foster that idea that that the bus ministry is going to help. It it has done more damage to the church and abdicated the role of parents being involved in getting their children up, getting ready for church, and going to church together and worshiping together. That's what we're called to do is to worship together, not not, not separately, not not take our kids and drop them off on a bus or drop them off and say, okay, I'm going back to the house and wait you know, four hours and you come back at noon. That's not how this works. So you got to be activated, stand firm in the faith, get involved in the faith, be involved in ministry together as, as, a, as a group. I think that's, that's, that's the number two. And then Obviously, this this just goes by itself. Be strong. What does that mean? Don't be weak. Don't don't be a weakling. Stand up. Men men are given strength to do certain things. Okay, that's a great opportunity for me to segue into your father. 
um, I knew your dad well, and he is a hero of the faith. He was a leader of this community, Bartlesville, in a way that was clearly, boldly, unapologetically Christian. People respected him. They knew that he was a man of integrity. They knew that he was a strong leader, a strong man. But nobody ever accused your father of being toxic. Even those people that disagreed with him in the political sphere, um, they loved him. So your dad set a great example for you, and I want you to tell the folks that listen to The Rebellion, what was that example? What did your dad do right? If you want to poke at him a little bit and tell us a couple of things he did wrong, that's your business. I know he wasn't perfect, but what did he do right? So what did my dad do right? Um, man, he, he loved the Lord well. Now, I'll, I'll tell you, pre-Jesus, uh, and you may not even know this story, I'll, I'll tell you, my, my dad was a drunk. Uh, he grew up with drunks. Um, and he was a drunk and he was out working on his car one day and, and there was a guy named Jim McNair who came out and he said, Hey Ed, his name was Ed Gordon. Ed, you got a, you got a Bible? And dad was greasy underneath the, underneath the hood and he pulled back and he said, yeah, I got one. He went in the house and grabbed this old family Bible that had baby angels on the cover of it and, and dropped it down on the top of that hood of that car. And Jim McNair walked my dad through the Roman road and didn't seal the deal. He said, what do you need to do, Ed? He said, well, I need to be in church on Sunday, I guess. He goes, I'll see you in church on Sunday morning. And left. Didn't seal the deal. Dad went home or went back to the house and that night told my mom, hey, we're going to church in the morning. They went to church Sunday morning at Virginia Avenue Baptist Church in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. And he sat in the back left corner of the church. He said it was literally like something was pulling him out of the pew and towards the front during the altar call. And he repented of his sins, trusted the Lord Jesus, and was a, a different man. That I'm telling you, had I been around pre-Jesus, I'd probably be a different dude. But thank God, in his in his sovereignty, he he saw fit to not have me engaged with a father that was a drunk, but one that was in love with him. So that, what what did that what did my dad do right? He loved Jesus well, and he loved his word well. Um, I can tell you right now. I, he did lead the community. He was a city, he was a city manager for over 15 years, I believe. I think that's the number. If my if my numbers are right there, he I can tell you right now, we wouldn't be dealing with some of the crazy in our city if he was still city manager. Because I'm, I'm telling you, he was unapologetic when it came to a biblical moral standard. So you're saying your dad would um, take issue with a bunch of men dressing up like women and dancing around in a public park uh, to the tune of Shania Twain's I Feel Like a Woman? He he would have problems with that? Would he confront it? Would he take the leadership role in saying, you know, I think this is a violation of our city ordinances against lewd and lascivious behavior? Are you saying your dad would have actually done that? Yes, he would have. Um, we had conversations. This is what cracks me up because people think they know my dad. Oh, oh, I know. Ed wouldn't have cared. Ed would have been fine. I can tell you right now, I had conversations with my dad. He was not okay with this. He saw some of the stuff that was coming down the pike, and he said, God forbid this ever come to our city. Why? Why did he think it would be a problem? Because we have a lot of quote-unquote Christian leaders right now who are straddling the fence on this issue as if... We should just live and let live. You know, it's progress. We're not the same town we were 10, 15, 20 years ago, and we just need to learn to get along with one another. So why would your dad have had an issue with this? Well, ever because it's wicked. That's why. I mean, it, 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 is, it is deplorable for a man 
to say, and this is the ultimate thing. I, I was just having a conversation with a guy earlier today. This is the ultimate middle finger towards the Lord Jesus Christ and saying, I know God, you made me a man, but you made a mistake. I'm actually a woman inside. That is, that's, that's gutsy, but not gutsy, like brave. That's stupid. <laughs> okay. Um, I've tempted you to get off on this issue of the drag queen thing here in Bartlesville. And I apologize because my audience has heard that enough out of me, I suppose. But it is relevant because your dad would have confronted it in a much different way than the leadership of Bartlesville right now is dealing with this. And I think your dad's style would have been uh, positive. It would have been healthier for the community. Um, So let's get back to today's premise. And the premise of today's show is the positive aspect of masculinity, biblical men versus this pejorative term that takes place in today's culture called toxic masculinity. So we've got about, oh, about nine minutes left in the show. So I'm going to redirect back to the point, and that is the basic question of why masculinity is important to a healthy community, a healthy town, a healthy village, a healthy family. Why is it important to have a strong hand, confidence, courage? Why is it important to have biblical men in the culture, in our families, if we're going to be healthy, and if we're going to live together well. Well, I think the bottom line is, how do we get back to this? We have to understand the biblical idea of of God's love for us, and God's understanding of the word love. And at the end of that text, I know I've been in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 for this whole time with you, but I think it's very clear and understanding because or a, a very clear way to understand this at the end of this, it says, let all that you do be done in love. And what people can immediately say is, well, if you really loved people, you just let them do what they want and act in any way, any old way they want. And they'll, they'll, they'll point towards first Corinthians chapter 13, which is the typical love chapter. And one of the things that, that we, that we really just gloss over, but it's really the crux of it is Talking about love says love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, doesn't boast, it's not proud or arrogant. Hmm, wait a minute. Um, it's not rude. And then it really gets to the crux of it in verse 6. It says, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. If we have biblical masculinity that rejoices in truth and, and, and shares truth and shows the truth of God's love, towards the family, towards the community, towards those that are around us, I'm telling you, it'll transform everything about this world. And, and, and what we've done is we've we've had the word love even hijacked by, by the enemy. The enemy has hijacked this word. Love is love. No, love is not just love. Love is something that was created by God and has been twisted and perverted by the enemy. And so what's our call to do? We need to, we need to get back to a biblical foundation. We need to be studying God's word. We need men who are activated in the faith. We need to be activated in the word. And that, and listen, I know that it can be difficult to do and we have to, it might take some time and energy to get out and and try to figure out and read and and study because I know that men are terrified. I've done men's ministry now for almost 20 years and and to have a conversation with a man about hey what what's it look like to study God's word with your family cuz like, I'm terrified my my kids will probably think I'm an idiot well they might think you are but how do you know if you don't do it just i mean you don't take that approach when it comes to sports you don't take that approach when it comes to hunting you, you take your kids out and you try to go through the intricacies of how that works and and if are you going to make mistakes you bet 
Are you going to make mistakes when you when you sit your kids down and talk to them about the things of Jesus? Yeah, but that's where you're going to have to get plugged in to find, bug your pastor. Get in, go to your pastor and bug your pastor. There's tons of online resources. We live in a, a world of information. We have access to everything in the world. What do you need to do? Get plugged in. Everybody, the, the big thing is, oh, I watched a YouTube video on how to fix that. I can promise you there's YouTube videos on theology. There's 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 YouTube videos to show you how to study God's Word. Get Get access to those kind of things. Okay, let me jump in here. You're saying that people should go out and do their homework. They should go out to YouTube. They should go out and Google various different sources. They should find authors. They should find speakers, preachers, teachers that are going to give them good stuff as to how they should function as leaders, how men should function as men within the family and within the church and within the culture. Can you give us some examples of those authors, teachers, preachers, those sources that you're mentioning right now? Absolutely. Um, John MacArthur is one of my favorites. Um, Steve Lawson is one. And listen, I'll, I'll go back when you can still get his access to his stuff. Dr. Adrian Rogers. Dad was on staff with Dr. Adrian Rogers in the 70s. And so I got to meet Dr. Adrian Rogers before he passed of cancer. But I'm telling you, his stuff is still there and it's still applicable. If you listen to some of Dr. Rogers' stuff today, when it comes to the family, man, get a hold of that stuff and, and, and download that stuff and read it. Um, I would encourage you to, to get anything by Alistair Begg or um, Steve Farrar. He, and you talk about a masculine man. That guy, he, he just uh, just passed away this last year. Um, but man, I'm telling you what, Steve Farrar is one of those guys that had, he was a man's man who loved the Lord and made no bones about it and was a fantastic Bible preacher. You can get all this stuff on YouTube. It's free. You can get most of this stuff the downloadable audio stuff is most of it's free. And so there's no excuse for men to say, I, I just don't have the resources. Yeah, you do. You just don't want to. Because this is what dad used to say. You do what you, you make time for what you want to do. You make time for what you want to do. And man, I can't think of anything better than my kids knowing and understanding the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and, 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 and being activated for their faith. Because here, here's the problem. We have such a short mindset. In 10,000 years, no one is going to care about your kid's trophy. In 10,000 years, it's not going to matter that that they made the sports team or that they got that big buck. Now, am I against those things? Nope. I love hunting. I love sports. I'm not against those things, but this is a quote from my dad. When the when a good thing replaces the best thing, that good thing becomes wicked. And the best thing is Christ. And you should be out with your children, helping them understand the reality of who Jesus is, that they need to repent of their sins and trust the gospel. And you don't do that by by ignoring the fact. You get engaged. You get activated. So what I hear you saying is that a good father is going to confront. He's not going to coddle you. He wants you to confess your sins so that you grow up and act like a man. He doesn't want you to feel comfortable in your selfishness, your self-absorption. He wants you to stop acting like a child and and grow up. Now you're into my territory, my not-a-daycare commentary, my grow-up commentary. Now you're into this area where I really do believe it's important for somebody to, to have the courage the compassion to be loving enough to stand in the way of their children or others and say, I love you enough to tell you to stop. I'm not going to tolerate you any longer because tolerance is an inferior virtue, whereas love, Christian charity, is always a superior virtue. That's what I said to a Bill O'Reilly. That's what I say to everybody all the time right now. 
strength, courage, and confrontation, those are synonymous with love. Weakness and coddling, that's not loving, that's enabling. So I'm going to give you a chance to comment on that in the last minute or so of the show, and then I want you to plug your podcast before we sign off. One of the best things you can do is, is, is the idea of confession. And Jesus tells us this, 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, and, and is it difficult to do that? Yeah. Do we want to confess our sins? Oh, shoot, no. We, is it, let me ask, do you like to be told you're wrong? Well, no, of course, nobody likes to admit they're wrong, but that's what we're called to do. Back to the idea of being uh, watchful, 1 Peter chapter 5 says, Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Like, how do we how do we resist him? Well, I'm glad we asked that question. It's the next verse. Resist him. F- stand firm in the faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Like, everybody's going through the same kind of stuff. Everybody has struggles. And, and to mask that over and say, oh, I don't need to repent of my sins. I can do this. Listen, that was one of the things that I struggled with with Trump. Was he's like, I don't think I need to, I don't need to repent. I don't need to ask for forgiveness. Well, brother, everybody needs to ask for forgiveness. And, and Jesus says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your sins. He's the one who's faithful. But the first word in that text is the word if. If you confess your sins, Jesus is faithful to to cleanse and to forgive. Okay, Caleb, we're running short on time here. So I want to give you a chance to tell everybody that's listening right now how to follow you on your podcasts or otherwise. Man, the best place to find everything that I'm doing is on my website, calebgordon.org. C-A-L-E-B-G-O-R-D-O-N dot O-R-G. Thanks so much, Caleb, for joining the show today. This is a very important topic, and maybe we need to have you back on and talk about it further. Because strong leadership, courageous leadership, confident leadership, being loving enough to confront rather than coddle people, this is what biblical manhood is. This is healthy masculinity, and it's anything but toxic. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.